discover Star Trek Discovery with us as we recap and critique the episodes with a little sass and humor. Okay, maybe a lot of sass and laughter. Ready to laugh with us? Hello and welcome to Trek and Beyond, a Star Trek podcast. I'm Anika and welcome to our third season review. And I'm Andrea. Welcome guys to season three review. We're finally made it. We made it. We made it. I'm so excited. Are you guys? Because we have a lot to talk about and I don't really know if I'm going to like everything that I'm going to say. But today, as always on our reviews, we have a guest host with us. Someone else who likes Star Trek just like we do. Someone welcome everyone to Janae. Hey everyone, my name is Janae. Um, just a little bit of history for me. Um, I started watching Star Trek when I was younger, thanks to my parents. So it was Star Trek Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. <laughs> and then, of course, um, they were fans of the original Star Trek series. So I got into that, particularly the Wrath of Khan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I uh, thanks to Monica, I got into Star Trek Discovery. And I am, I actually really enjoyed the series. So I'm excited to actually talk about all of the all of my um, fun moments with watching this series. Yay, well, you are in the right spot. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into our season reactions of what we think of the, what we thought of the entire season as a whole. Monica, you go first. What was your reaction this season? I'm really excited about this season. Um, there were, it was an emotional roller coaster ride, mm -hmm. um, just like the previous two seasons, but there were <laughs> a lot of firsts. Um, this was the first time like that I know about in Star Trek franchise that we projected this far into the future. And it's really cool to see all the new technology and like completely go outside of the previous storyline. So that was really cool. Also, Taru was appointed and promoted to captain. And so it was the first time for me, I've seen a non-human captain, really excited about that because I also I'm a big fan of Saru's character. And then also Michael worked up to the captain's chair. And so it's the first time I've seen anyone join as first officer way back in season one and move up to captain. So to watch her career journey, I admire because I'm also in a career journey. So that's like, those are like some of the really cool aspects and I really relate to Michael. Um, it's, it's wonderful also seeing a representation there, a black female in a, a big powerful leadership role. That's my thoughts of the initial seeds of this, of this season. What about you, Janae? Oh, okay. Um, so I thought season three, cause okay, I binge watched all three seasons back to back. So it's seeing all of it together mm -hmm. it just gives you a different sense of how every season has just kind of a different pool or draw um but with third season in particular uh I just found it interesting for one because of the transition of timelines right they're so far in the future and they're already in the future compared to like our current timeline so it was mm -hmm. amazing like it's just the way that they talked about the change of technology um 930 years into the future and it's like you were already advanced so <laughs> it's like what that's a lot of advancement um and even just kind of takeaways as far as i'm addressing the change um that well the impact that the federation had whether they were present or not present and just the impact it had on all the different like areas in the galaxy and just the those who favor the, the federation those who had a bad taste in their mouth because of the federation and then even just like the endangered species um situation and how that 
is no longer being honored because the Federation isn't there to enforce it. So it was just kind of interesting really seeing that um, and just kind of that kind of time connection, especially when I'm able to connect all of that to the previous two seasons. Okay, so like we know, I'm dead inside. So <laughs> this season was a letdown for me. <laughs> um, I just felt like this season has so much potential. Um, basically off of what you guys have both said, they were in the future, they had all of this advanced technology and I just feel like they tried to fit too much into a season that, and it didn't work. Um, I felt like they dropped the ball with learning about the Emerald Chain. I felt they dropped the ball with the burn. I felt that, um, I learned more about the Emerald Chain in the last like two episodes than I did the entire season. And if there's supposed to be this big bad, why did I not know they were like an actual government until the last season? I was like the last like two episodes. I just felt like they tried to fit too much. I think this one should have been about just the burn and then have a better reasoning for the burn. And then like the next season be about the Emerald Chain. I just felt like there was so much more they could have done with that big bad and it for it to be such sort of a last minute shoehorning of information to try and make it work just did not uh sit right with me so I definitely uh definitely wanted a little bit more this season and I as we all know Andrea is the one who's dead inside so I just this was a letdown for me I I was happy the season was over versus wanting more so <laughs> I know people I know I'm so sorry I'm still very happy that our I saw characters grow I'm still upset that we lost Giorgio I'm happy that Saru became the captain um even though it was only for like four episodes and then he was gone um there's just so much to discuss about this season that I just felt like they didn't know if they were going to make it past this season. So they were trying to write so much information in it to make it maybe a series finale, just in case they didn't get to four. I don't know. Um, there just seemed like they were trying to fit too much in and it didn't work for me completely. Um, but enough about my horrible dead inside heart. Let's go into our favorite memorable moments and memories from season three because mine are not going to be great. But let's, talk, let's, let's start with the good stuff first. Monica, what was your first memorable moment from this season? <laughs> so I would like to start with Tilly because mm -hmm. she had a, a big transition over the course of the three seasons. Uh, there's quite a few characters that also evolved, like Giorgio, like you just mentioned, Taru. Uh, but really, Tilly's worked her way up from Ensign up to of acting captain and she uh owned that chair when she was in it mm -hmm. and she clearly told Osira I would rather blow up this ship than give it to you and she laid it down she helped work with the crew to and she managed them and she knew the resources and and how to maneuver to for the so that we, they could all get to safety i can't imagine that last mission without tilly and i'm glad that saru was able to mentor her into that role it's amazing to, to look back to that second episode which i just call the wild wild west episode where they landed <laughs> on the planet and then the ice was mm -hmm. um taking down the their ship and then they had to go find resources for like a communication hub um and they landed in the saloon like to to go from that in a, that tilly just in this mm -hmm. season to mm -hmm. captain tilly and then we also 
saw a little bit more of Captain Killy. Um, yes. Season for like two episodes. So just that character, much love, loved her, continues to love her. Looking forward to seeing her in season four. What I definitely agree with you on that. I definitely agree that Tilly had a huge glow up in this season. And we saw a merge of Tilly and Killy becoming super Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely agree with you. Tilly was a, and always will be one of my favorites. Yes. And I love that she stood up to Saru and was like, you have to report Michael when Michael, like she understood the ramifications of this is bigger than me. We're a team. We always have to put the team first and not ourselves first. And Tilly really incorporates that. And I, I agree with you. She is, she's a, a good, good person. Best yeah. Person. And I, I think too, a lot of her leadership skills were highlighted in this series. Um, something that I think she didn't really have the opportunity to, to portray before. Um, I mean, she's intelligent. We see that we see yes. her doing things, um, but it was an opportunity for her to like be innovative and actually initiate certain mm-hmm. acts and supposed to just being told what to do um or just being asked for an idea she recommended or presented her own um to resolve certain problems and issues so I thought that was really cool too and just seeing her like even when she questioned herself about going to Paul asking how he felt about you know Saru uh, recommending her to be his his take or his first uh, temporarily and just her eventually accepting it you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. like yes I can do this and actually doing it doing a good job with it she really is yeah I'll never forget the scene in which she was running down the corridor back in I think it was season two and Michael was helping her train to work her way up to leadership and Tilly thought she was hallucinating when she was when she saw May and mm-hmm. then Tilly was really nervous inside of their quarters. And so Michael mentored Tilly a lot. But I feel like this season, Tilly was mentoring Michael and helping Michael with some of these yeah. really important decisions. Came from full circle for me. Yeah, it really did. Janae, what is your top memorable moment, memory person from season three? Um, Adira. Oh, uh, okay. I just... The way that she into first, she's just like a teenager. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I think too, it was just, I mean, there are a couple things with her. One of them, um, she's, I mean, she has that teenage energy. You know what I mean? Um, she's just going for it, trying to find out whatever it is that she needs to know for herself. Um, and then getting that point where she was actually to be actually able to, what is it? Like really connect with her symbiote. Like mm-hmm. that was a big deal, especially for her to be a human. And it's something he said in 2000 years had never been possible. Um, so just her being able to make the connection, even her connection with her her boyfriend, who was, you know, the the host oh, before great. her. So that was an interesting connection. Um, but I, the connection that I made was actually from an episode from one of the previous series, um, and it was about pronouns, right? Using they, her her decision to use they to to refer to herself as opposed to like she. And I remember um, it wasn't about pronouns per se, but I remember when I don't remember if it was Voyager or. Um, D space and I'm not sure which episode or which series it was but one of the older ones where symbiote you know they transitioned from most hosts and the host that and the initial host uh was a woman and had a relationship with you know a guy and of course they had to switch hosts for whatever I think the host died from some you know how Star Trek is it was something that happened and basically mm-hmm. that sacrificed herself and so when the symbiote obviously went into another form the form they went into was a man uh, but the symbiote still spoke to the to the, the boyfriend and say, like, you know, even though I'm in a different body, I still feel the same. 
And it was just like having that connection, an emotional connection that just retained from host to host to host. And even in her case, though it's slightly different, the idea of, to me, a sense of acknowledging that they are more than just one, but mm-hmm. collectively they are, <laughs> they, you know what I mean? So yeah. I just thought that was interesting, just kind of a tie in that kind of kind of connection and relationship. I definitely love Indira. Uh, they are just a, we did get to see her and see them like blossom this season to go from being sort of a cutoff a lone engineer which reminded me a lot of Paul and how he was acting in the first uh, season one um to being someone who didn't have parents to having two fathers to growing to love these people that she just met as a parental figure um to being open enough to tell them about gray to let them know like she's not crazy I'm not crazy I can see gray and for them to just like trust her and believe her believe them about what is going on I think yeah I and Dara was a positive from this season. Monica, any thoughts? I, I agree. And I think back to her very first um, appearance on the show in which she um, was a little sneaky and she disconnected some of their devices and engineering so they could not go into, so they couldn't leave. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they were, uh, the president of Earth was, um, I don't know, wanted, wanted them to. But um, she went from that to, in the end, in the season finale, uh, saving the day, bringing the um, radiation pills Mm -hmm. to um, that that planet, the lithium planet, and to sharing those with uh, Saru and and Hugh to buy them more time. Mm -hmm. Like, if it wasn't for them, I I don't know if Saru or Hugh would have lived, right? So- So she helped you. She was sneaky again, though, but she helped (laughs) to uh, save the day. And I also really like Gray. I would like to see more of Gray. Me too. Um, Maybe in a hologram of sorts, but Gray really strutted himself when going outside to see what was what was going on on the planet outside of the hologram. And it was I was able to see more in Gray in this finale. And I want to see even more of him in season four. So I'm wondering with Gray, like, I mean, the doctor, Hugh, you know, because, you know, he died. Yeah. And they were able to bring Bring him back. back. So I'm wondering if there's a way that they can do that with Gray. I don't know if it's slightly different because it's more of a symbiotic relationship as opposed to a mycelium one, but just kind of curious. I hope that they can find a way to bring Gray back because he is a great character. I think he will add to it. The only thing, <laughs> the only thing I can see being an issue is that like Hugh think Hugh and Paul think of Indira as like their daughter. Um, so like, are they going to think of Gray as their son? Because they can't. <laughs> like, I thought you were going to say like they're going to be more protective of her being in a relationship with her boyfriend simply because. That's yeah. how fathers act. You yeah. Know what I mean? And so I was like, we're going to bring your boyfriend back. But hey, t- two feet. No okay. touching. Stop. <laughs> Chaperone. <But no>. <laughs> <laughs> we're your fathers. God like, dang it. Um, we know what's best. Um, I can just see them being protective fathers. And I think that's going to be adorable if they can't find a way to bring Gray back. I Oh, I cannot. I wonder which one's going to be like the more crazy one and which one. Well, we, we know that. Paul's going to be the crazy one. Yeah. He's going to be the one calming him down. <laughs> like it's okay it's okay um so for my memorable moments 
I'm going with the worst episode, I thought, of season three, the episode I disliked the most. And there was a lot, the sad part is there was a lot of episodes that were contending because I changed my mind like four times. <laughs> um, it was almost episodes where Giorgio left. Um, there were so, there was, um, there were so many different episodes, which should not be the case. Um, but for me, it was Sue Calls. The episode Sue Call was probably the worst episode for me because I, that was the episode where we finally started getting the answer to the burn. And they made the burn the biggest mystery of the season. Like Starfleet couldn't heal until they knew what caused the burn. Um, no one could be connected. No one could be complete until they know what caused the burn. No, Michael, only you couldn't be complete until you knew what caused the burn. And they put this whole thing out there and then they put the weight of the death of millions of people on a child losing his mom. And that's when it was first like initiated. And I think when we... When I, uh, Monique and I, when we recorded that episode, I was pissed. <laughs> um, and to me, that was the worst episode because I feel like you could have come up with anything else. You could have came up to with, there was a survivor on the planet who was like, not, who did not want the lithium to be like, um, um, did not want his lithium to be mined. And when the Starfleet ship came, he triggered something like it could have been anything else, a scientific mistake of. Uh, like anything, but to make it on the morning of a child losing his losing his last parent, losing the last person, real person in his life, where he knew he was going to be alone for the rest of his life, the scared, like pitting the death of millions on an accident of a child, I just think was a cop out. And I don't like that they did that because it just seems, it seemed like a cop out to me. It really did seem like a cop out to me. I feel like they could have came up with so many other scientific we're in the future reasons of why the burn happened. Someone was trying to replicate it and it didn't go and it didn't go well. Um, burned it incorrectly, mined it incorrectly. Something else besides a kid losing his mother. And that's caused the death of millions of people and basically just collapsed this collapsed space, made it impossible for like it just, I was like, no, you're not putting the problems of the entire universe and what they're still experiencing today because of the burn on a child losing his mom you're not doing that you're not doing that and they did and I just that that's why that's the worst episode for me because I was just like you wasted my entire uh season for this one <laughs> that was my rant because <laughs> I, 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 I'm not gonna lie I thought there was gonna be something way more intense and dramatic when they talk about the burn I was like oh this is about to be deep like what is about to happen and then they explained it I was like that's that's what y'all came up with to be fair though what I do appreciate um about how they introduced that whole little aspect is that this idea that the child somehow evolved right mm -hmm. their genetics somehow was changed to where it, uh, it was somehow harmoniously connected to the dilithium. So the radiation didn't hurt him. Mm -hmm. And the dilithium didn't like, you know, responded to him. So it was kind of like a, a double win to an extent as far as he's concerned. He was able to survive for 120 years by himself on a planet surrounded by radiation, dilithium. But technically in both cases, he could have died, 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 like died, I don't know. But you know, it would have been fatal for him and then there would have been no life and all those other things. So on the one hand, it's like, man, but on the other hand, it's like, Maybe there's a win out of it because of his connection to the dilithium that uh, will be able to help them in the future. 
something that we just haven't seen yet. Um, but it's I'm, I'm trying to be hopeful with it. It's like, okay, they came up with this idea. <laughs> so I'm, I'm expecting for them to bring this forth full circle moving forward. Because you don't just be like, oh, yeah, kid got said and basically killed everybody. I mean, y'all got to give us something a little bit more than that. Yeah. That's just, but the good thing is that there's no one to blame. Like, you can't get mad at a child. Like, a whole bunch of people died 120 years ago. I'm not about to get mad at him and say, you're the reason that my answer. I can't do that. Like, I literally am not able to, to be that shameful <laughs> and just yell and, and blame a child for all these people die. I have to have some kind of, like, empathy to where it's just like, it's the past, it happened, it's unfortunate, but there's a way for us to move forward if everyone can like literally work together so I guess it, it helps that it was all certain people from responsibility like no the Vulcans can't say it's their fault I agree with both of you I don't think that Sakal I wish I wish it wasn't Sakal that created the book the burn um especially mourning the death of his mother however I do like really like away missions and mm -hmm. I like seeing Kelpians and uh, more about their culture. So hearing the stories from the elder, um, understanding what Sukal's mom did, she's like amazing, built out this mm -hmm. environment to protect her child, waiting for the Federation to arrive, not thinking it would ever take in a million years, it would take 150 years, I'm sure. She had no clue on that, um, but she did. She tried the best that she could. And um, I think it also uh, helped me learn a little bit more about Saru um, and more than just the, the voyage to um, the Kelpian planet because then it was more about the Baals at that time. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't learn a, a lot about their culture, but I felt like I, I learned more during um the last three episodes of the season yeah. that that's the only again. bright side i could see in the last three episodes and that goes into like again you wait until the last three episodes to tell us everything that you could have been like sprinkling in like i don't know i just i feel like they were doing too much in one season but neither here nor there <laughs> um, I think before we go on a break, I think we have time for one more memorable moment. So Monica, would you like to give us your second memorable moment from season three? Okay, so I really liked episode seven and there's um, the quite name, a few please? and that's unification. Okay. And that's really a hero's journey or in this case, a heroine's journey. And I like to think of that episode as Stella got her groove back because that's when Michael and Book like uh, had their love there. And they, um, I think it's a much better relationship than her previous relationship with Lorca and her previous relationship with Ash. So I feel like she's moving up in a relationship <laughs> she's done much better for herself these days. And uh, there was, because this was a hero in Jordy, there was some rejection and she was not comfortable with that. She tried to use her uh, clout to overcome. So uh, the Discovery traveled to Navarre and she thought because she was connected to Spock and that she could use her, her legacy, her, I felt like it was a little entitlement, to get her way with the president of, of Navarre. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and the president was not having it. Didn't even mm-hmm. let her beam down to that planet. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was, <laughs> that was um, uh, a sorry, not sorry for Michael. And she was a little shocked at that. And she didn't know what to do. And then she, um, she wasn't diplomatic. Um, and then she decided that she wanted to have a court and have negotiations. And she failed at that. Her mother helped her save the day and helped comfort her, which was good because I think Michael needed some closure there. Um, um, she was having difficulty with her, um, with letting her mother go the last season and the way her mother, way she thought her mother had passed away. She was still mm-hmm. coming to terms with that. So her mother was able to comfort her there. Um, Michael threw in the towel. We don't normally see her give up, but she did there in the court proceedings and she, she stepped out. Unfortunately, though, I, mean, I don't agree with this part of the storyline. The president still gave her the data that she was looking for. And so um, so Michael still got her way in the end. But I think it was a big, hard reset for Michael. I was looking for a little harder. But that was a roller coaster ride journey for her. And usually things are much smoother. There might be a little action. She might get stabbed in the leg or something like that. In other episodes. <laughs> but never really like a gut, like, uh, we don't mm-hmm. trust you or you're going through the wrong, the, the, your, your plan is not working. So um, I really like um, unification. What did the two of you think about that episode? So <laughs> I was being talking about it. So I know that she's so used to this whole logic thing and I understand that, but I feel like this whole past year for her, has been more emotional than logic. So the fact that she decided to approach this with such, I felt like she was being stubborn. Like her mom literally told her what to do. And she just felt like, well, it doesn't seem like it should be relevant. Ma'am, your mom is literally telling you what to do. She's (laughs) there with the people. How can you argue with that? And even when she goes back into the courtroom, she's still like fighting it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why are you, it's like pulling teeth to get her to literally just answer, like just speak, like tell the truth. And so her mom basically put this pressure on her by asking her all these questions. So then she finally, well, she didn't have a choice but to you know, answer honestly, but it was hard. I was, I was getting irritated, honestly, by just her stubbornness. And then at the end of it, okay, I know what Spock would do. So I'm just going to like withdraw my request. Ma'am, really? You knew that before you asked. Like, what's your drive here? Really? Like, it was just, I don't know. I feel like she was being very selfish in that whole process you know so but anyway that's that's my two cents um I definitely have to agree um I it was a good episode because it was great seeing her mom and the one thing I like about her mom is that she's the only person who really puts Michael in her place and tells her (laughs) I don't really care what you want this is what has to happen and I think um Michael has always basically been able to use other people's positions and her relations to them to sort of like get out of trouble to get away with things to um not really face the real consequences of her actions and so um this was one of the real time first one of the uh, i think maybe the second time um where second or third time where in this season where she's actually sort of put in her place like we don't care we do not care we do not care who you think you are we do not care who you're connected to we do not care about what you believe is correct prove it give us the facts and then we'll work for it. And I think that was one of the first times um, in the entire series really where Michael could not 
just say, because I believe it, we're going to do it. And in season one and season two, a lot of the time she got away. Well, one we know because Lorca was basically manipulating her as well as much. But even with Captain Pike, it was always, I believe this, I'm going to do this. Or I believe I'm right, so I'm going to go ahead and take this action and not really have any consequences from it. And this episode was her mom sort of saying, I don't really care that you don't want to tell them about your personal feelings. You have to be honest and tell them. Um, So I also agree with you, um, Monica, that... uh, I'm upset the president gave her the information that easy because again, the fault that they always write with Michael is that she never really deals with the consequences of her actions, never truly. Um, And Janae, I agree with you as well when she's like, she's sort of selfish because if she wants something, it's the most important thing in the world. But if someone else wants something, oh, it's not really relevant right now. And it's like, no, you don't get to do that. And I don't really like how the writers write her that way. Um, And it's just, I like seeing her being humbled a bit in this episode, even though she still got what she wanted. So I agree. I think that's a, it was a good episode. Wasn't one of, it, I didn't hate it, so. <laughs> <laughs> and she stated that she started the episode, she started the episode lost. Wasn't yes. quite sure if she was going to stay with Starfleet or not, because she really liked her adventures being a courier. And I think she wanted to move on with Brooke, with Book and live happily ever after. And then I think after seeing the support from her mom, the support from the rest of the crew uh, for her, for, for Michael, Michael realized that maybe there is a place within Discovery, um, but she just has to find a different place for herself because she has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I'm, so I think she learned a big lesson. There were lots of lessons learned in that episode, actually. Yes. And um, her and Book decided to stay on the ship. That was a little weird and awkward, but <laughs> still, like, I still get one book there, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I wonder if that has to do with just, uh, it's still a level of selfishness too. I know they write it almost in a way that it's admirable because she's doing things for the greater good, but it's, I mean, you're you were gone for a year and you act like you can't come back and be a, a scientist, which is what you were before. So it's like everyone has a place because there's always a role that needs to be played. And obviously the whole crew from Discovery is not what they used to be because of the whole time thing. Mm-hmm. And so for you to be like, oh, I'm lost. Why are you lost? Because you can't get what you want. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't go back to the position that you had. Like, what's what's the problem? Yeah. Ash is no longer there. Like, it's just something that's just like, it's an internal thing. Like, are you really just, lost because of your own comfort or lack thereof you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. or does it really have to do with the group with the team you know what I'm saying so I I don't know I was, you know it's, it's all, all her. her yeah it's all her <laughs> so that's is you choose to be that way because you just want the best of both worlds yep okay so I think that is a good spot for us to take a little quick break Um, But don't go anywhere, guys, listeners, because we will be right back to talk about the rest of our memorable moments and then our wrap ups and our predict maybe our predictions for season four. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome back to Trek and Beyond. Okay, guys, we are here for part two of the episode of the season three review. So we've got we've gone through some memorable moments and now we got to finish them. Janae, can you go ahead and give us your second memorable moment from season three? So my second memorable moment is actually episode four, Forget Me Not. And that's the episode where they were trying to heal the crew 
Uh, and that was the episode where the, I guess the computer gave Saru the suggestion of laughter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it was interesting. First, I appreciate them just addressing the fact that everyone was not okay. Yes. Um, and from a mental and emotional standpoint, right? They literally traveled through time, left everything they know 900 years in the past and have to adjust to whatever world they're in now. Um, so there's a lot to that. And then the reality that people felt the weight of other people's lives on their shoulders and then the lack of credibility that went with that. So I, I, I like Kayla, like really, I don't want to say lashed out, but she really vented when she expressed, you know, her concerns and the fact that she was the pilot who was responsible for landing the plane, like uh, the plane, landing the ship, you know, making sure everyone made it to safety and mm-hmm. how that was a lie. Um, and so it was just, everyone had um, a burden to, to, to bear with us. Uh, and it was such a sacrifice for everyone. And then getting to a place where they are all that they know and how to like really reconcile their reality with, you know, the truth of what all has taken place. So there's the fact that he, like, as a captain, I think that is a, a just an example of true leadership where you're willing to pull forth the work to say, yo, something's wrong with us mm-hmm. and we need to deal with it. And just taking that step and giving people that opportunity. So I, I, I appreciate that, especially now during a time where it's like, you know, mental emotional health is really a big thing. And just to see that portrayed on TV in a futuristic world and recognize that it's, it's always going to be something that we need to address and, and take care of. Yeah, I think proposing that, that, um, that dinner um, and opportunity for, them all, for everyone on the bridge crew, all the main characters to sit down, even Linus, to sit down and just have, just have some wine and some food. Um, I think that was a great idea. Like Tilly said though, this happens a lot in families in which mm-hmm. the dinner party doesn't end up as well as you think that it's going to, especially for the person that planned it, but you still power through it. You're still family, but they needed to air that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Paul needed to air a few things, Dittmer, uh, lots of people were just sharing some things and it was, they were being honest and Saru needed to hear that and see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a really good episode um, because I think before that, uh, I, I think when we recorded episode four or maybe episode three, right before that, um, we were talking about that they're not okay, that this crew is not okay, that there's a lot that they need to come to terms with. Um, uh, so it was nice to see that episode address that and know that it's okay to not be okay. And that you have to take the steps and the different actions to make sure you are okay. Um Cause yeah, I think I railed on that whole like crew for like, you guys are not <laughs> well in the future. You don't know what's going on. Their everyday standard technology is so advanced for you. You need to take some several seats down and try and understand what is going on. You need to learn about the future. There needs to be people on your ship from the future to help bring you up to speed. So it's not like, oh, you're, I'm learning something new for the first time. You shouldn't be learning something new for the first time in this mission. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I need you to be fully aware. Um, and it was a great way to show if you keep something bottled up, almost like almost how like Dittmer had that word vomit of her, her haiku of like getting all of that out it was like very uncomfortable to watch. But it was something that needed to be done. But I feel like if they had addressed it a little bit earlier, because you, um, one thing with this episode, the show, like they go from issue to issue to issue to issue. 
So when was there ever really time for her to like decompress from like a drink after shift is not going to rectify that you're 930 years in the future. You don't know anyone who exists except the people on the ship. These are your only connections. The only people who care about you. Um, So yeah, that was a, that was a good, good moment. Yes. Cause that was a good episode. It showed that people needed to heal no matter what, no matter where you are in space, how far in the future. If I remember correctly, in that episode, we also learned um, that the spore, da- the spear data, also cared a little bit more about them. That was, I think, yeah. that was the first time I'd seen it in this season, in mm-hmm. which the spear data helped um, the the crew. Yep, help them without basically like being used as like look for the data to see what's going on with Saru versus here's how you can help your crew out. Sure. Yeah, and I I noticed that too. Where when he asked him, he's like, "I need to heal my crew," and they nearly they were able to like come up with a, a solution. Um, I, so I don't know if this is like sidebar off topic, but is that like a foreshadowing of what's going to happen with the AI on this ship, though? Because I mean, there apparently there's some form of emotional attachment where now it cares about the crew, <laughs> right? So. You know, I'm just kind of curious about that because they brought that up in another episode. I can't remember which one, at least two different episodes, I think, after that. And where they mentioned that kind of kind of connection or camaraderie, so to speak. I don't know, that kind of care and concern that the computer, the computer has with uh, for the crew. And I'm just wondering if that's if maybe what they tried to avoid, they just delayed it later on in the future. Let's see. Yeah. That's <laughs> <what you got. laughs> um, so I want to go into my second memorable moment. Um, and mine is the best shock of season three. And I don't know if this is best because it's good or best because it's bad, but the one that shocked me the most was the fact that book can use a spore drive. Cause yes. I feel like we have led up for three seasons that only Paul can use this because you had to have the certain DNA inside of you to use the spore drive. But because he's an empath, he can use the spore drive because he can talk to them. Like, it, I don't know. I feel like again, rushed moments, uh, rushed writing. Um, as a, Cause now it feels like Paul is not as needed. I mean, granted he's always gonna be an engineer but it felt like, I don't know. I don't know what this is setting up for, for Paul or for the spore drive, or they're going to use to say that people from uh, books planet can, um, it can, the spore drive can finally be replicated because people, other people can use it. Um, does this mean Paul can get kicked off the ship? Because when they first arrived and Vance was ready to disconnect the crew, who's like, the only one we still need on the ship is Paul because he's the only one who can use it. Like, does this make him less valuable now? Um, or does this leave him, or does this give him opportunity to move on to other um, avenues within Starfleet? Because now that he isn't the only person to be able to use the sport drive and Book can use it, that Book can stay on the ship and be their jump and Paul can ex- um, explore out other avenues that he was interested in. Because I know at one point he wanted to go to the Science Academy. So maybe he may want to try something else. Um, I don't know. So it was, it was the biggest shock because I don't know what this means for Paul and I don't know what this means for book and I don't know what this means for the crew because they can now potentially lose someone, someone who I was like, oh, he can't die because they can never, they, you know, <laughs> the sport, he's always going to be needed for the sport drive. So no matter what, he can't go anywhere. Now he doesn't have that safety. So 
it was the biggest shock when I saw that. I was like, oh, okay, we're just changing the rules. Okay, I don't really know. Um, I felt like the writers wanted to add some value to book. <laughs> so they gave them this talent <laughs> in the final, the final moments. I was really hoping though, leading into this, I was thinking that maybe the spear drive, the spear, spear data would help them propel and move and travel forward. But I, I agree with you. I was, I, I'm concerned that Paul's also going to have some hurt feelings. Yeah. Uh, Cause he really likes being the sole, like reliable, I don't know, the sole solution to a lot of their problems and their journeys. <laughs> so it's going to be a reality check for him. And um, I also noticed that Book is now in a different uniform, like this black yeah. ops uniform at the end of the season. So there's something else in store for, for mm-hmm. Book. Don't know. I don't know what this means anymore. <laughs> yeah, that kind of, that, that was a, I was confused. If I'm honest, I was like, oh, he can, he can do this. So I don't know if, um, but see, I don't know if that means that they're, so then their technology that's supposed to be like non-replicable, if now it's more vulnerable because of that, you know what I mean? So there's a lot to that. I mean, Paul had his ego, but that's just how life works. But I'm curious to see if if the navigation is going to be as, um, let me see. Paul had a lot of issues with it, right? We know how it's affected his body from previous seasons. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to see if it's going to have a similar effect when it comes to, to book and, and how he's using it. Like if there's a limit of how many jumps he can make or um, if his body's going to have some kind of like adverse effects or something. Because just for it to be that simple, <laughs> it's never just that simple. Like yeah. there's no way it's just that simple. Because there's... Um... Uh, we know we know for a fact there's at least one other empath in the world and that was book's friend from the episode where they went to uh book's home planet um but who's to say how many other empaths on that world who's to say they're all good people who's to say that there's not some fraction of the emerald chain that still exists who now it could get out that oh as long as you have an empath they can use a spore drive like it does it's the, it makes them more vulnerable and it makes paul's life more expendable and yeah. i uh I don't know how I feel about that because I'm really partial to the original crew. Uh, <laughs> no As you friends. should be. <laughs> no new friends. Um, so yeah, that was my uh, second memorable moment. Uh, Monica, do you want to give us your third memorable moment from the season? So unfortunately, we lost Tara and Giorgio in the season. And Although Discovery claims that she passed away, um, I'm not sure. I'm hoping she's just alive in a different timeline, (laughs) in a different place, a different time. And I would love to see um, a spinoff with either Terry and Giorgio or even a prequel to Discovery with Prime Giorgio. I would love to know, I really like the actress and her fighting scenes are amazing. Her acting's awesome. Um, her, Taryn Giorgio's outfits are always on point. 
And uh, I just need more Giorgio. I feel like I don't really have the closure that I need there. <laughs> so I'm reaching out if anyone in the production crew is listening for Star Trek Discovery. I need answers about Giorgio. <laughs> so she is alive, but they're mourning her like she's dead because they can never see her again. So she is alive wherever she is. They just are mourning her like she's dead because she's technically dead to them right sucks but yeah i want a spinoff with her too um i definitely would like more i don't know if i want to see prime see the only issue i see with them doing a spinoff with Giorgio is that they would still need the same original people from this show unless they give her a whole new crew so if they do something like with she does like a section 31 because a lot of the people in the prime world were or taran world were from the prime and i don't think they can do both so Maybe like a Section 31 spinoff of her time in Section 31, or if she makes something, a whole new world in the Terran world that she's in, um, that would be cool. But it, yeah. I don't think it could be connected too much to what we have now because it would need the same people except for Giorgio. Right. And maybe Ash and Laurel. No Laurel. Ash. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it in a Klingon. That's a no for me. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that whole situation is still weird. Um, yes, it's yes. so weird. Yeah, yes, oh, yes. It's like it's un- oh, whew. yeah, it is uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm no. sorry I mentioned it. <laughs> no. But Giorgio, I first I have a question about those names, but I, I guess that's just you know their choice. I'm like, why she got these like Europeanized name? But anyway, uh, that's just my own little sidebar. <laughs> with it. But it's just um, it's Michelle Yeoh, like. She just, she's a great actress. Like mm-hmm. her action is on point forever and always. Her martial arts skills are just top notch. And I just love seeing her on screen. Yeah. Um, this is my first time seeing her in a show in like obviously in America where um, she doesn't speak English so much. <laughs> so, I, and I thought it was really cool. It's a completely different personality than anything I've ever seen her in. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. And then of course, obviously the transition of her personality going from this like, I don't wanna say evil queen, but you know, she was dead inside like Andrea and now she has a little bit of love and it's just, <laughs> it's just that when she gets the love is when she actually has to separate from us. Um, but I think it would be cool to see her on the other side because I'm assuming that wherever they send her is a place where either the timeline is more close to where she left mm-hmm. as far as the 900 year gap um, or the dimension is closer to where she left as far as being from like where it was Taryn as opposed to the world that we're in now. Um, and that's just a matter of keeping her alive and well. Uh, but I think because she's changed so much, whatever nonsense she comes up with in the world that she's in, it's still going to wreak some kind of havoc, but it's going to be like love mixed with, you know, uh, adventure. I'll, I'll just say that. Um, simply because of just her approach to handling things, I think it's just really, it's just dope to me. Like she's just not, she's not afraid to, you know, cut the throat to make things happen for the greater good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Commit murder. Uh, Commit murder for the greater right. good. Kill your enemies, people. Kill your enemies, right. <laughs> Not innocent people. She, I mean, she's really good at separating the innocent, you know, the weeds yeah. from the tear, but just the people who, did, I shouldn't say deserve it, but the people who had it coming. Yeah. Right. And that's just it. Like, if she goes back to the mirror universe, she helped to release all Kelpians from slavery. Like, there's a lot of change that she can make uh, to improve the Tarian empire um and maybe more diplomacy and so forth like that there's just so many possibilities there yeah. that's why i would love to know that more about that story 
Me too. Very much so. Maybe a short track or a movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any of those options. I, right. I would too. Um, okay. So we're going to go into my last memorable moment um, and memory from this season three. And so my memorable moment is seeing um, Lieutenant Sahil um, officially become part of Starfleet. That is my best moment from the season. Um, and I say that because I think this was one of the best ways to tie episode one from this season to this last season. Because we saw him in episode one repeating the same day over and over. He never gave up on Starfleet, even though he had never seen it in his lifetime. Um, he never gave up on it. Um, and to see his diligence and to see him officially become a part of Starfleet at the end of this uh, episode, uh, at the end of the season was beautiful. And I think that was a great way to tie the entire season together. Like the whole point was to connect the universe again. Mm -hmm. That's why she wanted to find the end of the burn or what happened to the burn. Um, and now they have all this dilithium that they can share with all, with every part of the universe and they can reconnect the universe. Um, and so I love that it was finally um, that they were finally able to like reconnect the universe because he was so far out that he could never get back to where they were. And um, he's there now. And I was like, okay, they, they, they got their goal. They did their goal. The whole reason for this season was completed. Um, it was a very beautiful moment. And I did tear up a little bit, like <laughs> my little dead heart started beating. I was like, oh, look at that. <laughs> it's so sweet. <laughs> um, that was, that was nice. It was very nice. I loved seeing that. Me too. Me too. That was a, a measure of faith that is just amazing. Like yes. the fact that he was so committed to Starfleet, that it, that's yeah, he's he he deserved everything that he got for that. Um, I don't know how much of him we'll see again, but uh, I think that was actually really cool because I think that his hope gave Michael hope that time that they yes. first interacted with each other, mm -hmm. um, and just see that come full circle was like yeah, it was worth it. It was so beautiful. So we are nearing the end of our season three uh, review. Um, and we have, we have one last final thought from all of us. Our wrap up, our final thoughts of the entire season. Where do we think the series is going? Or what do we think should happen next? Or I hated it. I'm, not, I'm never coming back. Or I'm still here forever. So whatever your final thoughts are, um, Monica, I'll go ahead and turn it over to you. What is your final thoughts of season three? I am hooked. I'm a big <laughs> Discovery fan. Uh, there's no doubt here <laughs> for me. <laughs> and I was worried though about how Discovery would feel, like all the stresses that we were just talking about, like how they would feel now being in this timeline, completely away from everything they've grown up to know and was trained for in a completely different environment and how they would fit in. And I feel as though now that they've officially transitioned into the Federation uniforms, this might seem superficial to everyone, but it was a physical change that I feel like makes them part of the community now, that mm -hmm. makes them part of this timeline, that makes them part of this Federation, and maybe gives them honor and prestige on away missions if they're wearing this uniform compared to old uniforms from 920 years ago. So um, I like seeing that um, and that helps make me whole 
that they are now welcome, completely welcome, not just because they have dilithium and mm -hmm. the spore drive, but they're welcome, they're welcomed into Federation for also just their ability to save everyone in the universe <laughs> and ensure that this burn does not happen again. So they have honor and hopefully like this whole mission is not wiped from history. It's for real, like this is, um, um, because I think the way they left the previous timeline, all of their accolades were white. And yeah. so now they're part of like Federation for real and history and, and um, hopefully they'll expand out and grow its characters. I know they will. That's actually what I was going to get at too. The just the growth as the characters develop. Um, just kind of seeing how that how that changes as the series moves forward. Uh, I'm just curious about: are they going to be stuck in this timeline? Or are they going back home? Like, is that they're really? Here yeah. They're here to stay. Like, this is yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Oh Lord, that's kind of sad. Well, I don't know. I guess I have to adjust, huh? <laughs> I'm trying to be. I'm trying to have some hope that they will be able to like reunite with people of the past, but. I think that, um, I mean, the one thing I like about the series overall is how they were able to intertwine some of the original series, uh, like some of the like clips and things from original series and information into this one. Um, but I am curious to see like, I guess reference, more reference from some of the other ships like Voyager. I think I heard Voyagers mention once um, and just kind of seeing like how other Federation ships did if they did, right? Because you mm -hmm. mentioned that some of their stuff was basically wiped out, but if they had any knowledge of Discovery and if that impacted their journeys at all, if that's something that Discovery will end up discovering during this, you know, process moving forward. Um, I think for my wrap up, I think this leads, and I keep, I feel like I say this every, at the end of every recap, and I'm just going to hope it's true one time. Um, I hope that this, leads them to having episode arcs and not series arcs anymore because I think with the mm -hmm. way that season three ended it's almost like they're starting over it's almost like Starfleet is starting over and they're going to new worlds all over again and almost like first contact all over again um we see at the end of season three the last episode their mission is now to go to two federation planets and then like three other planets and drop off the lithium um it's like their job is to reconnect the universe and so I feel like we're hopefully going to get a lot of different away missions um in season four I feel like there's going to be a lot of first contact quote unquote all over again um I am hoping that we maybe get to see a little bit new characters come in um even on the ship as well like more characters to um because you're in the future. And as much as I love the original crew and I they, I protect them for no new friends, I protect them forever. forever. Um, but if you are in the future, I wanna see more integration of their lives with future lives, with uh, other people. Um, I am hoping again, that we're not getting season arcs. I'm hoping that we'll get a single episode arcs because as for season one, it sort of worked for season two. It sort of worked for three. It didn't work for me at all. Um, the whole season arc. Um, I, I don't want that let down again or half season arcs. Make something a six episode or five episode issue and another one, another five episode issue. I'm hoping for um, something to get back to 
the real, I don't know, not the real, but like the Star Trek I grew up watching with my dad, where it was, oh, this episode, you can watch it. And then if you miss it, you're still not lost of what happens for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, where they can tie in together, but not to the point where you have to watch every episode in order at the time that they air. So it all makes sense. So I still love Star Trek. Um, this season was very hard for me to get through some of the episodes, <laughs> but I do hope that season four, it's almost like starting over because there's how like, I, I want it to be new contact all over again and making new uh, friends and making new connections. And I don't want a season long mystery anymore. Like just, we've had enough of those, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> um. That is my final thoughts. Anything else to add before we end this episode, guys? No, this has been a fun discussion. Thank you very much, Janae, for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate the invite. No problem. So as always, I'm Andrea. I'm Anika. And I'm Janae. And live long Long and prosper. Hey guys, it's Andrea. Thank you for listening to the most recent episode of our podcast, Trekking and Beyond. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up with the latest episodes. If you enjoyed listening to us, please go ahead and support us by clicking that support button in the episode's description. We greatly appreciate it. As always, live long and prosper.